Do you think that your life is missing something? Is there something that you need to enhance your psychological development? Well, come on down to the... No. Crazy podcast listeners out there. Oh, yeah, very good, <laughs> very good. <laughs> this is uh, this is the uh, this is the one. This is the this is the experimental podcast. Yeah, and again, with there's two. Parts this is the one, one that goes to eleven. Yeah, that we called X. That we called X, which is actually ten. <laughs> this is the one where we start to. Uh, this is the one where we start to spread our wings and get a little bit more out of the box in terms of discussion. And, and that. Yeah. So, it was really good. It was good. It was really enjoyable to sit down and do it and to... Uh, Finally get that. Yeah, and really put the idea of debate. The big, the big thing in these episodes was that everything that's said, you know, um, for one way or the other or whatever opinions you take, uh, it's about opening the conversation. That's the thing we say all the way through is, is opening up the conversation mm. and, and discussing things and being open to saying things. And, you know, if there's people listening to this episode that disagrees with the points that me or Trevor make, you know, be willing to come on and we'll talk to you. And, yeah. You know? Yeah, we're willing for anybody to come on, sit down, and have a chat with us. Yeah. And uh, again, view discretion. Yeah. A few choice words from our good man over there. With the yeah, video. it's always me. It is always you. It's always me. I know. But uh, yeah, so um, other than that, yeah, be, be willing to have your mind open. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. So this is this is the uh, the prophesized podcast X. Podcast Project X. Project X. Project X. Project X. Project X. Why Project X? Because it's kind of like uh, this one's going to go places. This is going to be the experimental one that can might never be released. But if it is released, it'll be the most controversial. But it can never be released because <gasps> it is stem most cells. Yes, finally we get to talk about stem cells. No. <laughs> pro guns. Pro guns. Um, pro gun rights. We've thought about that one. Transgender? Transgender. Maybe. Mm. The Simpsons? The si- Do we dare? Oh, yeah. Do we dare? Favorite episode? Mine? Yeah. Actually, can you set up your hotspot there as well so we can uh, get a little bit of fact checking? I sure can. Oh, baby, S- set it up. So, favorite episode? You know, Frank Grimes is the uh, the highest, or uh, the, what is it? The most yeah, uh, most audience or something. Oh, like is, that it, is it the view. one with the highest rating on yeah, IMDb? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I've seen that on that documentary. That is actually, uh, that is a great episode. And I think it epitomizes everything that's kind of like, I think everybody in a workplace knows what that's like. To be, you know, trying so hard, or at least everybody has that perspective of trying so hard and just being frustrated by somebody slightly incompetent who always gets the pat on the back. Um, and I think it's part of subjectivity is that you don't realize you're not, like Homer is the best will in the world, doesn't realize he's how incompetent he is. Have you got it or not? I do. Let's see. I do now. Yeah. It's awesome. My favorite episode is uh, Sideshow Bob, and it's Cape Fear. Cape Fear? Which yeah. one's that? It's the one with uh, where Sideshow Bob gets out of prison and then starts saying he's going to kill Bart. And so the Simpsons have to relocate and change their name to the Thompsons. Mr. Thompson, when I stab on your foot, <laughs> you say, okay, <coughs> hello, Mr. Thompson. I think he's talking to you. <laughs> and the rakes, the rakes. And then, uh, yeah, the best line comes at the very end with the, when, they, when the, the boat that they're on hits into the, the, side, of the side of the river bank. And the, the police chiefs are there. And <laughs> Chief Wiggum goes, it's a good thing you're drifted beside this brothel. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's a great episode. Yours? My favourite Simpsons episode, I can't really tell. Really? Uh, is, there, is there some, even if it's not a favourite though, I mean, is there episodes that you kind of like think? That's the one, one, the one with the out. elephant. Oh, the elephant is yeah. great. Can you remember the name of the elephant? No. Stampy. I was th- yeah, funny, I thought Stampy, and then I was like, no, yeah. it can't be Stampy. Uh, I like that one because it was just little things on it. Yeah. You know, like the fact that the elephant's running, and then there's the guys bringing the window from one across the road with the window. Like, yeah. Oh, move it over, and then Bart comes with the scope. Oh! oh. And then they just fire it into the yeah. skip anyway. There's a great... Um, there's a great... Uh, and then Homer hits a deer. Yeah. Dough. Actually... Would you believe that according to IMDb now, Homer's enemy with Frank Grimes is now number two? What's number one? Homer the Smithers. The one where um, Homer takes over the job of being Waylon Smithers. And so Smithers gives him all these impossible tasks to do so he looks like a failure. And then Homer ends up hitting Mr. Burns because he keeps calling him incompetent. And then Mr. Burns gets so scared, he starts doing everything for himself. It's a, it's a good episode, I know, actually. I know my favourite now. <clears throat> it's so obvious. Now when I think about it. na 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 leader Oh, na 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 leader uh, This was a sect of Joey, I think it's called. Oh, I'll find out what that one's called, yeah. It's the, uh, the leader is good, the leader is great. I'll find out what that one is called. Yeah, the leader episode. That the one's brilliant. Seasons. That one's brilliant. It's just such a good piss take of Scientology. Uh, it's, yeah. The so, Joy of Sect, voiced by uh, Hank Azaria as well. I'm trying to... Oh, that's what it's called. Yeah, The Joy of Sect. That's the episode. The Joy of Sect. That's my favourite. Yeah. Uh, that is definitely my favourite. That's a great episode. I think it's worth it alone for all the nods to the, to the prisoner as well, you know, when Marge is escaping. And mm. It's just... Uh, yeah, it's brilliant. Um. But, but like, 
We we always talk about The Simpsons. Mm. We always talk about it. Like we're what, we're twenty nine years of age, and it ju- I think even to the day we die, we're still going to talk about it, I but think, just in a different. I think it's wholly. Perspective. Re- I think it's wholly relevant. And I think the thing about The Simpsons is, uh, it's it's really reflective of society for the especially for the first ten seasons, and it parodied society, uh, but it looked at the good and the bad, whereas nowadays The Simpsons is more. Kind of quick cash in one liner kind of jokes, you know. But I think the reason Simpsons why it's nowadays are shit. Yeah, it's not good. It's shit. I, I, I think haven't seen. I tell you where it went downhill when I started. Um, remember when the Simpsons be- went on Channel Four? Yeah. And the new series was on Channel Four, yeah. and they made this big deal about it. And I think the first episode, maybe the second episode of that season. Was when the Who was in it, you know, the built oh, the wall. Oh yeah, the Springfield was separated into two. That's when I started to notice. I I think the zombie Simpsons thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just became very dull and boring, and then it got worse and worse. That you know, and it wasn't too bad, but it was just that's when I noticed it wasn't as good. I re- I think there's a good point in that because the Who, as a celebrity guest, it felt really cliched and like the show was kind of pandering to the celebrity, whereas. In the early episodes, that was never the case. You know, The Simpsons never pandered to a celebrity. James Woods is a, as a key point, you know. James Woods in The Simpsons is brilliant. Yeah. You know? And they don't try and kiss up to him at all. They yeah. just, they make it really, you know. What's that last line he says? I have to go off to fight aliens in, oh, is this your new movie? Yes. M- movie. movie. <laughs> and Aerosmith as well, even, you know. Even, even uh, George Bush. Oh yeah, that now that's brilliant. I know he's not a celebrity, yeah. you know, or he's not vicing over. Yeah. But the fact that we're just taking a complete yeah. piss take. Absolutely. Whereas now, when you have a celebrity, like I mean, when Ricky Gervais was in it, oh, no disrespect to Ricky Gervais, but I, I want to, I want to smack Tony him across Blair. the head. Like I mean, I've I've dipped in and out to see The Simpsons every so often, and it's just, it's not funny. Mm. It's not funny. <coughs> it doesn't relate, you know. Um, you know, the great thing that Homer Simpson said in an early episode, you know, it's funny because it's true. There does have to be an element of truth to make something funny. A quirky observation, a light, reflective fact, you know? Mm. Something which says something about society. And the Simpsons did that so much. And, you know, you look at the first... Is that recording? Is that recording? Yeah, it is. It's doing eight minutes and 28 seconds. Ooh, right. Just yeah, the problem with that one is there's no red light on it. Yeah. Oh God! Shoddy, shoddy, shoddy workmanship. But um, no, I, uh, the, the you think of the first season or two, and it was a much more wholesome. It was almost like a, an observation of an American family with humorous elements. And then by season three, it was really a comedy show. Um, and of course, it was always comedy, but more avert- overtly about the jokes. Yeah. But the the jokes had a roller coaster effect. One thing would build and build and build, teeter, and then it would build. Whereas now it's it's reduced to one liners and it's yeah. really boring. But the thing was, it could uh, it opened up to different generations. When we were real young, we just laughed at the fact that's funny. Yeah. In a very very that is definitely funny. That is, straight yeah. in your face. Then uh, your family would be laughing at things, and you're like, "What was? I don't get that." Mm. And then as we got older, you'd watch it again. And it was like, "Oh yeah, yeah." yeah. And I think I think that's the mark of a good show that it speaks on more than one level, and it makes it more and more enjoyable. I mean, how many jokes did I miss? Yeah. There's a joke every line. 
Yeah. There's a joke every line, but you only get the real punchline at the end of the last joke, and it builds and builds. And then the more <coughs> as you get older and the more you start uncovering some of these other kind of layers, the greater the punchline gets at the end. I mean, I can still pull on an episode of Simpsons and laugh now. Yeah, I know. I don't. You you, you yeah. can. Yeah. Even though when we watched um, uh, Treehouse of Horrors. Yeah, yeah. Like, Great episodes. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. The They're, Dracula one is still my favourite. Yeah, yeah. Just and for I, the yo-yo, I, I like the, the shadow to- doing the yo-yo. I, I like the toaster one, where he goes back into the future, yeah. and it's like, oh, don't touch anything. Sneezes, yeah. and everything falls over and dies. Yeah. This is gonna cost me. I love when <laughs> the very last thing in that, the very last part of that episode, is brilliant. When he gets back and everything seems normal, and then uh, he's like. He says, you know, what year is this? What color is the sky? Are there donuts or whatever? And she goes through all of these things. And Marge, you know, Marge goes through all of these things and <coughs> confirms Homer. And he goes, phew, I'm home. And then they all have, like, lizard tongues, you know. That, and, then, dun, 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 and then Homer goes, eh, close enough. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's, yeah. What's, I mean, from that period, are there any... I can't really think of any episodes from the first ten seasons that I think are stinkers. I know a no. lot of people, people don't like, you know... Um, the Principal and the Pauper. What one's that? It's the one where Seymour Skinner isn't Seymour Skinner. Well, I mean, die, you can understand why diehard fans mm. don't like it. Well, I don't mind it as an episode. I think it's okay. I, I think it's good, but it is true. You know, the fact that they've carefully built up Skinner as this character for over, what, 10 seasons? Yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden, just in one swoop motion, yeah. take his character away. Was it, it was either, a, uh, I'll Google it now. I think it was, either, I think it was Principal and Pauper season nine. Um, but I, I like, I always say, uh, I always say that The Simpsons up until about season 10 is still very, very good. I like but season it, 10. It's yeah. amazing how much we, we reference the, the Simpsons to a lot of things. Yeah, uh, season 9. Like, yeah. I think Gemma's starting to get really pissed off. It's like every time I talk to you guys, there's always Simpsons. Yeah, it's the same when I'm teaching. My kids all in school all know me as the guy who references Simpsons. But it, it's applicable to everything. What do you think of the episode, what is it, I do as I feel? Or do yeah, it. I do what I feel. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That that just and, that, and that's such a piss take out of back then. Whenever there was what was it? Uh, them groups going around saying that's what you should the do. The self help people yeah. who were all like you know let go and yeah. I mean, it's this idea that you know to 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 reach uh, a, a higher plane of existence, you have to kind of let some of the uh, chains of thought let go and just let things be. You know. Yeah. But you can't do it to the extent where everybody's like. You know, if everybody did what they wanted, it's like that, you know, the guy who made the bandstand, you know, and James Brown's like, that bandstand wants some double boated. And the guy's like, I didn't feel like it. Yeah, well, that's it. I mean, it, it perfectly represents uh, at the time there. It's like, you know, you should do what you feel. Mm. But where's the tipping point? Do you remember the Nazis festival before that? Do as we say festival. <laughs> 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 yeah, the, the, the do as we say festival. That is... Yeah, that that's the kind of uh, that's the kind of quirky humor and the kind of very dry humor that The Simpsons kind of had down again. Like, but there's three or four jokes to every scene. Yeah, it's just whatever you pick out of it. Instead, yeah. as you say, these quick one-liners. That's nowadays. And I, I and the worst of it is is uh, if anybody gets a chance, look up the Big Bang Theory without the laughter track. Oh yeah, that that's. It's. I mean, I've seen the Friends one without the laughter track, and you will still s- snigger. Every yeah, so often. There, there's still a couple of good but things. It was. It was 
well written, not great, Do but you well know, written. Last week I was compared to Sheldon for the fourth time in my life. Really? Yeah. I do not understand either. I'm on the spectrum and I don't realize it, and somebody should tell me. Or because, um, you know, maybe there are certain things that I don't realize that I connect with him. Because people say, oh, the way you explain things and your sense of humor and the way you look at people. I'm kind of going. I still don't get it. I, 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 I can see, you know, turning I, over to that corner to yeah. say you're kind of like him, but yeah. to say you're like him. Well, I mean, I, I, as far as I know, I mean, I've only seen this, the Big Bang Theory Who a couple are of these times. People? But Sheldon is the uh, is the person is the guy who's on the Asperger spectrum, right? So he's he's kind of awkward and very literal about things, and I don't think I'm very literal about things. Oh, you are. Am I? Oh God, yeah. She is. I'm are you sick of this one here? Oh, okay. Yeah. We end the podcast there. No, we will not. <laughs> yeah. I'm not taking your shit no more. Yeah. Can you remember the name of the guy in the uh, in that episode of Bart's Inner Child where he was like, do as you feel? Can you remember? Nah. Brad Goodman. Brad Goodman. Brad Goodman, yeah. You and what does he do, do for a living? As you feel. Um, what does Brad Goodman do as a living? Mm. I guess he's a self-help guy in the world of The Simpsons. Yeah, but uh, and he actually done the voice. No, no, no. That's the name of the character. I can't remember the name of the guy who did the. Uh, oh, right. I can find that out though. But um, yeah, well, that's the thing. Like the the Simpsons just took the piss out of something that happened in real life. Same with uh, Scientology with um, the, the later one. Yeah. They just took absolutely took the piss out of it. Albert Brooks was the guy who played Brad Gooden. James Brown also played himself in that episode. Oh yeah, that's yeah. right. And I love that. <laughs> I love that. If, if, if and was it was only just like a cameo appearance. Yeah. Like it wasn't as though they made a big deal about but it. Again, he just sang and then disappeared. Yeah, and then he did the... And I'll tell you who else was a great celebrity appearance. Tom Jones. <laughs> the Red Hot Chili Get Peppers. Axel, love. You remember the Red Hot Chili Peppers? You know, where he they ask him... They ask the band to change the line from what I've got, to, what I've got, I've got to get and put you into you to what I've got, I want to kiss and... Was it hug and kiss you or something like mm. that? Wow, everyone can enjoy that. That's much better. <laughs> you know, like it didn't pander up to the celebrity. It it not like Tony Hawk. Wow, Tony Hawk, how are you, Tony Hawk? Oh I have to go now, Tony Hawk. Yeah. It's very cringe. It's very, very so cringe. Bad. Just like this is terrible. This is terrible TV. Do you remember do you remember uh Aerosmith and Spinal Tap? Both great rock band performances, you know. Hello, St. Louis! Uh Stephen, it's uh, it's Springfield. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, but the fact that they, they were just blended into the background, they were just playing at Moe's. Yeah. You know what I mean? It wasn't as though, oh, hi, Aerosmith, because you're Aerosmith. Because it's you're just, Aerosmith, exactly. It's, it's just like, oh. They oh. never mention. They just, uh, they just do a, a little scene with yeah. them and then carry on with the episode. I think the thing that really gets me, and I've had this conversation with a few of my friends, and, and I don't agree. Um, the thing that really gets me about the old Simpsons was... You'd have an introduction, right? And then the plot would develop. And then after the plot would develop, you'd get to the end, right? So mm-hmm. there's three parts of the story. Your intro sets it up, then you kind of develop the characters, and then there's a resolution. Nowadays, when I watch an episode of The Simpsons, something happens, and that leads to something else, 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 and then the main plot of the episode starts. And I just go, like, it's so convoluted. It takes way too many steps to get there. It's like it's trying to satisfy poor concentration, so they constantly have to keep changing the scene to keep people with no concentration interested. I, I never noticed too much of that. Yeah, it, ha- it happened. Next time you watch an episode, I especially just, from about season 15, 16 on. Well, yeah. <laughs> but, but from those later seasons. 
it just uh, <laughs> it from those later seasons it just becomes a real chore to, to try and get through. I remember the one where they went to Brazil. That was the first episode where I know it's like, oh, how how long is this going on? Like it just Yeah. You know, and and they they would do something and I'm trying to think of a really good example. And you don't get any episodes like uh, Find Your Soulmate, Homer. That was a good That's one. That's a great episode. That was a good one. Like, it was completely different to the rest. But it was good. It was like, whoa, this is strange. Yeah. But there were but, the- but almost everybody can relate to them. Yeah. Everybody. Like, even my, like my nieces, like, they're, what, under 10 years of age each, and they, they'll watch it. Do they prefer the older than the newer? Well, they, they're not old enough, really. Yeah. To them, it's, it's a cartoon there. It's funny. You know, but they'll watch whatever whatever one the, is on. Yeah, and like like we were we were growing up watching it as well. Yeah, I mean we were lucky to have grown up during that golden age of The Simpsons when RTE. Did you ever watch Malcolm in the Middle? Yeah, I it like, was really good. I like Malcolm in the Middle. Yeah, like when I was in the states, there we we watched uh, reruns. Yeah, you know, like the like uh, like they'd watch uh, reruns of a lot of things. They had like uh, Netflix or something like that. Or they might even, would they, would they, like, from what I remember about American TV programs is they do a lot of marathons and stuff like that. So you no, the, she didn't have TV. You know, it was just, you know, not ter- terrestrial TV there. It was all um, Netflix, and, Netflix and, and Hulu which, or something which is, like that. Yeah, oh, Hulu's great in America and, as well. And um, so they just played, you know, it just played one episode after the other after the other. And, like, there was it was just good watching it there. It, it was another really good quick-witted show there you know <clears throat> it, although it's kind of a show you watch once and that's it you know you don't really yeah. want to see it again but it's still good i remember no, i remember watching it as a kid and thinking this was this was good and it used to be on after the simpsons that's right and then on fridays it was robot wars was robot wars on rte as well i'm not sure no that was on that was on bbc yeah bbc too. bbc it used to be six o'clock the BBC, or uh, BBC, it was uh, The Simpsons. Maybe it was half five. Can't remember. No, Simpsons was six. And then... They did start doing a double bill, though. One at half five and one at six. Yeah, that's and right. And Robert Wars at half six, yeah. Yeah, imagine that. Back then, that was a big deal. Two episodes Can in I, one day? Honestly, I don't know if it's because we had higher expectations, because there was less... Not higher expectations, sorry. Lower expectations, because there was a less amount of TV. But um, when I was a kid, TV was better. Are you sure? I think so. I think that because there was less choice, people put in more effort, right? There's more channels than ever and more programs than ever, and yet more programs suck. Yeah, I guess so. But then the problem's choice as well. Yeah. You know, as you say, it's, you have too much choice of everything. You don't know what to do. And then when the choice is gone, you don't know how to get on with it. You know, like, so... Case in point, in a new house, don't have internet, don't feel comfortable. Jesus, I've lived most of my life without broadband internet. What's wrong <coughs> with me? Just because we've had it last seven, eight years. You know, realistically, like, all right, no, we've had broadband since I was 18, 10 years or whatever. Maybe a little bit longer, maybe 16, 17. But not unlimited usage. I wouldn't depend on it. Mm. The last four or five years, I've become <coughs> so, especially since college, so dependent on full internet. And, oh, I can watch Netflix and do this. and Yeah. I mean, Netflix is... Netflix has kind of changed the whole landscape, hasn't it? It has, yeah. I mean, you can binge watch. Mm. You know, you can binge watch anything. Like there was, what, what's that program? Oh, Jackie and them ones used to watch. You watch it as well. Oh, uh, Stranger Things. Stranger Things. Yeah, great program. You know, um, you can just watch one episode of the next to the next to the next, and then just wait for the next season. Yeah, 
you know. I, I only got to see a bit of it there, you know. By the time yeah. I got back, you know, they were watching it's the, really the, good. the three Have episodes you seen Black ahead. Um, no, I think they watched it as well. Yeah. Is it the, it's something similar, like horror? It's, it's kind of horror, yeah. So it's um, it's scientific horror. And it's written by Charlie Brooker. Do you know Charlie Brooker? Mm-mm. Um, he would have been involved. Is that the one with the AI? Um, you and Paul talked about there was some pro... Oh, yeah, that was the show, yeah, yeah. Yeah, about the, 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 yeah, it's all to do with like artificial intelligence. And there's there's one episode that you'd really click, really like getting into where it's like your social standing and your like how society perceives you is based on how many like clicks you get. Mm. Um, and then I'm really bad for remembering episode titles. I think it's, uh, what is it called? Face something. <clears throat> but, the, but there is a lot of choice with TV. I mean, whenever, when I, it's the same with films. Yeah, you know, like if me, me and horse, like say, like when we we sat down and wanted to watch a film, or I, I'd be more into the documentaries there. But you just kept going and going and going and going and going there. You know, you felt like you had to get to the end to see what ones there is to offer. But yet, if there was just five documentaries, you'd be like, okay, nosedive, sorry, not face, yeah, nosedive. And you'll just you'll just go into the first documentary. It's just like, well, there's only five. May as well just watch the first till the last. Yeah, and I mean, there's certain shows that I never. There were certain shows on Netflix and stuff that I was never massive into. Like, I knew, I remember when everybody was kind of like, um, How to Make a Murderer. You know that one? No. About the guy who was convicted of killing someone and he denies that it happened. And then there were witnesses who confessed and he was put inside. And I can't think of the name of the guy, but everybody was going on about how great this was. And I watched it and thought it was really good. Mm. But I think if I really thought it was great, I'd be clamoring to watch the second and third Do you episodes. watch Game of Thrones? No, I've watched a few episodes. It's okay. It's, it's uh, certainly not a show I have a major problem with or anything like that, but yeah. it just doesn't really interest me. Like, I mean, all these people who go around talking like this, I I, I don't know why people in fantasy worlds talk like it's Shakespearean, it, I, Middle English or I something. I can understand why it's it's addictive, you yeah. know, because um, I was made, well, I wasn't made to watch there. Like, I was, I seen one episode in New Zealand. It just happened to be, all blood and guts and gore. You know, there was, was there some any war. filming of it out there? Because don't they? Did they film uh, in New Zealand? Or is, I know Lord of the Rings was filmed there. Not sure. A lot of it's filmed in Ireland. I've heard that. Yeah, I'd say in New Zealand. I don't know. I don't know. But um, that episode. So I thought you know Game of Thrones was just all banging all the time. Yeah, I think there was like a they put a graph. You know, the first uh, first season there was this is how much banging was going on with how much. Uh, action and action story, and, and then as the seasons went on, it just w- opposite. Yeah, it went opposite. Those I, I, I definitely think that that was a consequence of trying to follow up after the Tudors. Do you remember the Tudors? Yeah, some amount of buying on it. Yeah, there was, was a lot of, there was a lot of sexual content in the Tudors, and so it was kind of like this idea that if you had a fantasy program, you had to put in large amounts of sex. I'd rather see a good story, to be <coughs> to be brutally honest. Like I'd rather yeah. see, and like what I have seen of Game of Thrones is pretty good. Yeah, uh, but just... I tell you, I tell you what I do like about it. It's very well put together. It's very well filmed. Yeah, it's very well the the CGA and everything's brilliant. Yes, like the budget. Whatever they must have a yeah, serious yeah. budget mm. because everything's slick. Everything's very well done. Yeah. It's methodically yeah. done, yeah. and I like that. Yeah. I like I, I do like it as from that perspective. It was just that I watched two, three episodes uh, with with uh, the, the, their family, and um, you know, it was the last episode. The, you know, the last episode that's up to date now. 
and there was the Night King or whatever there, and they were they were really into it. They were like, oh, he's going to throw that thing at the dragon, and they were like, it's a fucking dragon. Like, what's so big about it? Yeah, then? Like, yeah but you don't realize about that dragon. That dragon is that girl's daughter or something. Shit, I got there. All right, so the girl can transform into a dragon or something. Nah, nah. I think I think she owned the dragons from young. That was her children or something out there, and I was just like. You were worried about that, hey? She's fucking hot, hey? Like, that's all I was worried <laughs> yeah, about. Yeah. Like, Whoa, she's... But I can understand, it is, you know, it is something to get into very easily. Yeah. And the one thing I noticed about... I had no interest in Game of Thrones before that, and I wouldn't mind sitting down and watching it if, you know, if I had time or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And those people, you know, you did have a lot of friends that liked it and that there, you could talk shit to them. But when I watched it, the very next day, my Facebook was flooded with clickbaits onto Game of Thrones. Flooded, absolutely flooded. And that, and then the whole ordeal with iPhones and Facebook listening and whatever you wow. say is advertised onto um, yeah. onto Facebook. I saw uh, we were we were talking about this before, right? And there was on the podcast. Mm, I don't know if we talked about it on the podcast. We better say it again. But the idea that your phone is listening to what you're saying and then suggestion. Yeah, we did. We'll yeah, we talked about it. And I was on, was it Facebook? And something I had mentioned, something I didn't even want, but was talking to somebody um, about something that they were interested in. And there, lo and behold, on Facebook today, it was advertising to me. And mm. I went, wow, that's mad that it mm. knows I was talking about that. But it's mad that it thinks I want it because it was the person I was mm. talking to. Who actually said it? So my phone picked up what somebody else had said, and then tried to suggest selling it to me. And I could not believe. If <coughs> I can remember what it was, I'll say it to you. Um, but it was, um, it was, it, I, yeah. I, I, I was actually kind of really gobsmacked and taken aback that it thinks, you know, that it thinks it can, it can really appeal to my interest. But if it's knowing that it's trying to pick up what you're interested in buying. How much else is it listening to? That's the problem. I have no problem it listening out to things that you want if you go on Amazon or yeah. whatever there because I'm a meathead and I forget a lot of things. You know what I mean? There, mm -hmm. like, So in that sense, I'll always forget and whenever I go on Amazon and it just pre-selects stuff there already because I've said something there, dog food there, and then it's, there it is, dog food. That's very convenient. Yeah. The ethnic side of it is, is it pinpointing certain words for advertising or is it listening to the whole conversation? Yeah. How far does it go? How far deep does it go? Because if you can listen to one word, you can listen to the conversation. If yeah. you can listen to the conversation, how can that be used in, um, let's say, how could the government... In America, do that. Yeah, yeah, do you know what I mean? How, these and, agencies then, in America. What if you know we've seen this happen before with Amazon email lists, right? So, um, uh, you know, you get a lot of spam for things like the traditional one on the internet was always things like Viagra and things to do with sex toys and that sort of thing. And you know, basically, companies had hacked uh, Amazon's email, and so people were getting these emails for things that they'd never signed up for, were never interested in, but the company had gotten or the, whoever the hackers were had gotten Amazon's list. And so it emailed all these people going, right, here's a million people we suddenly got legit emails for. Mm. We can now sell them our product. Yeah. 
And <coughs> if they can get it, then how do we know that people can't use the same sort of tracking to get into Facebook's or whatever advertising it is, recognition <coughs> software of, oh, people are interested in this, and then find things that people have talked about in conversations and then use it for blackmail, personal yeah. blackmail. Yeah. Yeah. But then that that can be said with everything. It can be said about emails in general. Yeah. Be, you know what I mean? There, it, or credit card, credit card fraud, or you know, when ATM machines yes. in the real world yes. or the the put things. You know, yeah. if you're go, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. Yeah. Well, my, I mean, case in point, my uh, my Amazon account, and I'm ridiculously careful, like yeah. so careful. You think of being you? Yeah. I am. I'm lazy. I just leave it logged in there. Whereas you log out of every single thing. Yeah. And, and and you've had more issues than yeah. I have had. I, I got... Uh, and it's just simple, dumb luck. Actually, Lottery. just to say that, you know, um, while I love Amazon's service, Amazon's service is great in terms of, you know, shipping things on time and being well-packaged and good mm-hmm. value. Never, Agreed, ever yeah. had a problem. Amazon's customer service, without a doubt, and I have no problem saying this live, is terrible. Absolutely no problem saying that. Yeah. I had to basically delete, or I couldn't even delete. I had to let them... I don't, I don't even know what they did. I, I rang up. I gave them my numbers. I spoke to someone who um, didn't, to me, seem particularly interested in trying to solve my issue when I when I gave them all the information that I had. And if it wasn't for the fact that I've saved every Amazon email for every receipt, mm. I was never going to get my account back. My account basically got hacked. Mm. And it got hacked to the point where I was frozen at the account and the hacker was frozen at the account. Neither of us could do it. And I only discovered because Amazon kept sending me email authentication things. So since then, I said, you know, the way you can get the app on your phone? Mm-hmm. Uh, so that anytime somebody tries to log in, I get an email from Amazon telling me, you know, are you logging in? And then I get sent a phone on my code with the authenticator app. And then, so only my phone can then, the mm. code on my phone can log into Amazon. But before that, I was doing it the password way, the same way I'd done for about 10 years. And uh, somebody had managed to get into my account. What they'd done was they'd somehow tricked it but uh, in, into getting their password. Now, I have no idea how this happened. So I changed all my email passwords. You know, I, I have certain passwords, ones that I consider for low security risk, high security risk. and that. So I basically came up with a few more. And yeah, so you don't have all your eggs in one basket. Correct. And I don't use the same passwords for the same thing. <laughs> I have three or four passwords that I rotate. And then every couple of months, I will then reset them and pick new ones mm-hmm. because it's the only way to stay. Well, I have to do that now because the password I'd had for years suddenly became hacked. Yeah. So um, as careful as I was, I don't know how it happened. I actually do know someone else who it happened to. Yeah. Where I, you know, where I work had similar things, and then they had to cancel that. But the nice thing about Amazon is, is if you change your password, they they ask you to confirm your credit card details. And so uh, the person didn't have my credit card. They only had the last four digits. Mm. And so they couldn't use my cards. So I rang Amazon up. Anyway, they were really, really difficult to deal with. And if it wasn't for the fact that I kept all my receipts online and they could see that my email was legitimate, and they said, you know, um, then uh, I would have lost it. So what they said was they were going to freeze the account and get back to me within two weeks. After two weeks, I heard nothing from them. I emailed them. I heard nothing from them. I emailed them again. I quoted as best as I could the conversation. I heard nothing from them. Yeah. Discovered the account was completely gone. As far as I could tell, there was nothing there for my name. I tried to log in again to see how they reset to my old password. They hadn't. So what I did was I started a new account as my email. Yeah. And lo and behold, that username was not taken. 
which means my account was deleted. Yeah. Which I didn't mind as long as it was deleted. So I put in my credit card and my debit card details again, (coughs) and they were accepted, which means they weren't registered on another account. So Amazon had obviously done the right thing and deleted the account, but they could have at least notified me to let me know that. Um, But it was really scary because I got an email uh, in my email saying, thank you for changing your password. Here is useful. I thought this was strange. So I went logged into Amazon as myself, and it was fine, and tried to change my password, discovered I couldn't. Log back out, log back in, couldn't log back in. And so then that's when I contacted Amazon and said, look, I got an email from you saying this, this, and this. And, of course, I didn't reply to the email because it could have been spam. Mm. But Amazon neither confirmed nor denied that they sent me that email. Yeah. They said they had no record of an account with my email. So. It's, it's dicey territory. I know yeah. um, Apple. Apple seemed to be pretty good. Yeah. I've dealt with them. Um, Google is supposed to be great as well. Uh, yeah, like I was it Christmas before Christmas, New Year's Eve. Mm. My phone just uh, iPhone six plus just stopped completely, completely fried. Yeah, it was getting slower and slower and slower before that. But I just put it down to that whole scam that just happened before. Oh, Christmas. with the batteries. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, well, it's just, I'll just wait a little bit until these new batteries come out or whatever, whatever the new protocol was. Do that. Nope, phone was fried. Went to Apple in Glendale, in Phoenix, and uh, went into the shopping centre and waited and all this jazz, and you had to sit down and all that. And You know, look, it was New Year's Eve. No, it was New Year's Day there. It was so hard enough day to get service. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this young fella got onto it, and uh, he plugged it in. And I wasn't too impressed with him there because um, he just seemed like he didn't care, mm-hmm. you know. And he was, like, I, found, I come to find he was fairly fresh, yeah, and first day on the young room. and that yeah. there. They plugged it in and they said, um, nah, it's not registering at all there. The phone's completely done. And I was like, that's not good enough. Like two years for a phone. But that's, look, that's the technology side. That's, all them companies are the same. Yeah, I think they design it that way. You know, Yeah, they design it there. It'll only last a couple of years there because then they keep the turnover. They keep everything circling. That's... It's not going to last forever, that you know, because people are catching on to it. Yeah. You know, it's the same with uh, tire manufacturers. They now know exactly how long their tires will last. They have machines there that'll just run the tires out. Hmm, eighty thousand miles. We'll just change the compounds back a little bit. Formula One done that how many years ago? Yeah, I know it's true. Yeah, you know, and that's went down to the the, the tires that's on the road. Yeah. Same with phones. You get an iPhone four. My brothers have two of them, and I have one. Uh, as a spare, them things are bomb proof. Yeah, it's like the old Nokia 3210. Yeah, but, like, but they are, they're bomb proof. Like, it was actually, the, apart from like an older looking phone, it still worked perfect. Yeah. You know, you couldn't get certain apps and whatnot, but uh, you know, how long have they been out? I, 2008 or something? No, 2012, I think they came out. And I've still one there that's working perfect. An yeah. iPhone 6, my first iPhone 6 lasted a year. There was a problem with it there. Apple gave another one out yeah. as courtesy. And it only lasted two years. I've now an iPhone 10 or an X, whatever you call it. I'm not that happy with it. Yeah. But even there, the, the, the Galaxy, like people yap on about, the, is it the Galaxy Edge or something? Oh, the Samsung Galaxy Edge, yeah, the SA Edge. Like, I'm not all, well, whatever, the Samsung version, you know. Yeah. I'm not all that impressed with it either there. You know, they, they keep yapping on about how much they've jumped from phone to phone. 
I think the gaps are getting smaller and smaller. Oh yeah, I mean the increments at which they get better are smaller and smaller, and the prices in which they get better uh, get bigger. Yeah, and bigger and bigger. Are getting bigger but and bigger. Whenever what happened that phone, uh, I tried logging into my iTunes account, and then the thought that uh, I was I was a hacker. Yeah. So then the uh, the wanted confirmation from my other phone, but th- that phone was that old that uh, for some reason it wasn't registering. Whatever happened, I was locked out of my account, and I rang. I had to ring customer service and whatnot, and uh, they said, uh, you know, you needed a trust number, a number that you could trust. Problem is, I keep going from country to country, you know. Oh, they, I remember they, when this And happened, they only give yeah. you the last, I think it was the last two di- digits. Yeah. And it was, I think it was O2 at the end. And I goes, I don't know any number with O2 on it there. And then I was like, well, I need to get into my iTunes account so we can back up. Your all the n- all contacts, yeah. everything, so I'd know what number it was. Yeah, I need to know. I have I needed some form of communication with friends or whatever there, yeah. so I could do it. And I hadn't hadn't a laptop, nothing there. I just had the old iPhone yeah. four, and managed to get the number. But by then it was too late. I was locked out. And then even if I did get it, yeah. it'd have to be sent to that number, and that was a New Zealand number, and there was no way to do that. So then they said, I said, how long is this going to take? You know, I had a ring. The rang the next day. But it was yeah. an English-speaking fella. In fairness there, he tried his best. He could only do with what he had in front of yeah, him. They, yeah. He has a protocol to follow. Yeah, of course, all these guys do. But he uh, he said it could take anywhere between, what, I think it was like three, four days to three weeks. Yeah. And I was like, well, if it can be done in three days, if it can be done in the next ten days, fair enough, we'll go that way. So we'll put a new trust number in, and and it, it said, you know, in two days it'll unlock. After two days it said it'll be another 15 days, 14 days. I was like, for fuck's sake, I'm going to be back home by then, and yeah. then the trusted number won't work. It's just sheer luck uh, the American number worked in Ireland in the, other, in the iPhone 4, and it sent, the, sent all the information and got it going. But you know, Apple was pretty good that way. Yeah. You know, they seem to do. They seem to really keep your information safe and whatnot. You know, yeah. it is a. It is look. It is a pain in the ass at the time. But yeah. that's what. You, that's what you have to give for. I suppose. I mean, they they often say that the best way to dissuade people from trying to hack or rob or whatever is just to make it really uncomfortable for them, to make it as difficult as possible. And I mean, if you're. I don't know now. If you're a robber. And you went. To, yeah, you, might, you went down the road, and you were yeah. looking around, and you seen a house with security gates and alarms and everything. You're like, oh, must be something really good. In that <laughs> yeah. House. And there was this man down the road with a garage with no door and anger grinders just laying there. You think it was a fucking bear trap? Like mm. as soon as you walk in, there'd be a gun pointing at you. Yeah, it's, it's that's that's a really good point. It is true. I know people that ha- there's one man. He hasn't got a garage door, and he has everything laying everywhere. And you'd ask him there, and he said he hasn't got one tool stole of him in 40 years. Yeah. And then there's another man, and he's constantly robbed. You didn't think there was one man just robbing him on purpose. <laughs> the fella who's never been robbed. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder all this stuff's lying around the place. <coughs> yeah. yeah. They often say the best way to hide is in plain sight. Very true. Yeah. Very, very true. Jeez, that's a nice angle grinder you got there. Sure it is, yeah. Don't know where I got that. <laughs> <laughs> I've one just like that that disappeared last week from my concrete shed under lock and key, you know. So Yeah. It's true though, isn't it? It's like uh, there's two things about that. There's like you see something behind a gate and you think it's behind something, so it's gotta be good. Mm. But then the other thing as well is it's like that uh DD from Dexter's lab thing, you know. Ooh, what does this button do? Mm. You know, ooh, there's a gate there. I wonder what's it behind it. You know, it's curiosity 
and then there's intrigue, you know, and it's mm. like, I know they're kind of similar, but one is definite, <coughs> you know, oh, there's something I want behind that. And then the other one is just, ooh, I wonder what's behind that, you know? So, yeah. The Matrix. The Matrix, Let's yeah. Let's talk about The Matrix. Yeah. Finally getting around to The Matrix. Oh, man, I still have to borrow that DVD off your father. Yeah, get it tonight. Mm-hmm. Get it tonight. Mm-hmm. Get it tonight. We will. We will mm-hmm. get it tonight. Definitely. Do you know what I wouldn't mind doing as well if we get a chance? I wouldn't mind uh, showing you one episode of Black Mirror tonight as well on Netflix. We'll bring the monitor back for the other computer and get oh, yeah. the internet That'd home. be really interesting for the viewers. Yeah. What we're going to do tonight that you can't see us do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe, we'll <coughs> maybe we'll just edit that bit out. That'll be on outtakes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, The Matrix. Uh, Matrix 1. Yeah. The first one. One of my favourite films. Brilliant film. And I think brilliant film because I think Western audiences hadn't had that taste of Japanese fighting super fast, you know. Asian films have been doing that for a long time. Mm. But Western audiences, they hadn't been exposed to that kind of level of kind of sophisticated martial art kind of stuff in a way that wasn't cheesy and filled with, you know, you know, because some of those things can come across as cringy and mildly racist, you know, some of yeah. the aspects that were taken in. But this was done really tastefully, yeah. really clever. And um, the camera work and the special effects were great. Yeah, Everything worked out pretty Everything good. Worked. And actually, I've watched The Matrix Reloaded, mm. Mr. Anderson, and... Um, the CG in The Matrix Reloaded really gets on me, really grates on me, because they tried to do too much. There's that one scene where uh, Neo's being attacked by all the Agent Smiths, and it's just clearly a CG Keanu Reeves. Yeah, but at the time you didn't realize it. You could. That's true. Back then you didn't. It was seamless, mm. and now when you watch it, you can see exactly when it's real and it goes into the CGI, yeah. and it's crazy. It is. Well, I mean, it's as simple as like. Looking at his trousers, right? So when he's running, normally... Um, what part of his trousers? The parts closest to his shoes, right? So when he's, when he's running, those parts, and his jacket as well, they're fluttering, right? Because when you're moving, they, they move. And so there's a certain wave in the texture. And then when he's on, when he grabs the, like, the big... I don't know if it's a fork or a pole or something. He's using it. It's like a... Yeah, yeah. To he ru- beat yeah, the guys. He do- and he puts it in the ground, and he runs around all the Agent Smiths, right? Mm. Kicking into them. All of a sudden, his clothes are like single texture. There's no shading properly. There's no movement in the clothes. Everything is really fixed. And it just, it's, it's a break in immersion. Because <coughs> before, you'd look at it and you'd see, all right, clothes move like that. Now I'm seeing, I'm uh, it just looks like a solid texture. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It doesn't, and so it breaks the immersion. And his face, you know, Keanu Reeves, for all he can be, you know, uh, expressionless sometimes in movies, you know, and he's a good actor when he's doing the action stuff. Um. You know, when it cuts the CG, it's like his face has no texture to it at all, yeah. you know. And um, the fight scenes really overdid it. But getting back to The Matrix 1, uh, the the special effects were subtle enough that they've actually aged quite well. Yeah. They really have. Yeah. Even even, even the, now. Yeah, even the, the spaceship <coughs> scenes, well, not the spaceship scenes, but the Nebuchadnezzar scenes yeah. going through the real world, um, they've aged quite well, and I like them. And the Sentinels, yeah, they look a little bit, uh, a little bit hammy, but then they're in the machine world, so you can kind of buy it that maybe that's the way the future's going to look. Yeah, you know, um, the story is great. The story is great, even but 
even if you don't understand the story, there's still enough uh, of cool things to keep yeah. keep the, the yeah. knuckle dragging people there at bay. Yeah, you know, because they'll just like, whoa, bullet time, that's amazing, and the special effects with the guns and whatnot, and them jumping and what, you know, that appeals to a lot of people, especially me. Maybe ten years ago, that's all I watched to. But once it got to the unplugged business, it was kind of a bit too, well, not far-fetched there, but it was a bit, yeah. mm, I don't know. Really. But now I understand it all. Like, yeah. I think it's, it blew my mind when I rewatched it again near Christmas. And they talked about there that you're, you're in this matrix, this world that's not real. The real world is where, what is it, the robots have taken over. Yeah. And your electric charge in your body is powering the robots. Yeah. Which, you know, they've since shown is just impossible because a human body burns more energy to produce heat than it can producing heat, if you get what I mean. so Yeah, but they kept feeding the people. Yeah. If you feed but, them. Yeah, right. So the human body takes food, breaks it down, and produces energy. The machines would have been far more efficient just breaking down the food <laughs> and using that for energy. Uh, without, without, yeah. yeah, yeah. The humans look, are too inefficient to do it. <laughs> but that's a crap film. Yeah, so I guess so. Let's go with the other one, right? But, um, you know, look, yeah, for all movies, you have to suspend your disbelief a little yeah. bit because you'd never enjoy anything. Yeah. You know. And there, there, there are certain <laughs> people, right, that have watched the, the Matrix and it's changed their life. There's some dude... He was, a, I think he was a football player, or I don't know, whatever he done, he, whatever profession he was in in sport, mm. when he watched The Matrix, you know whenever you listen to that, that dude, oh, what's his name, not Neo's... Uh, Morpheus. Morpheus. Yeah. Whenever that Morpheus fella, like, he goes on about, like, what's stopping you from jumping that high? Only your own perception of it. Yeah. It's yourself that's stopping you from doing that. And this dude was like, he's right. Like, what, you know, I... He goes to every game, he does his usual thing, and then he says, well, why stop there? Why can't I do more? Why can't I break that barrier? And then he went and broke that barrier himself. Wow. He said he broke that, he, he went into his own mind yeah. based on that film. And even there, like, if you think about it in that way, if you went, took life that way, yeah. you'd achieve a lot more. Yeah. Just simply thinking outside the box. Yeah. It's crazy. It's, it's crazy. fucking crazy. It's, it's crazy, but I'm starting to believe it. Because you what you're starting to believe, yeah, in being the one. Dude. You're the one. The one, dude. <laughs> um, no, it's it's this idea that like a lot of the time when we're thinking, right? Because we're thinking about things, we 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 generally try to compute all scenarios. That's what happens when we think, right? So we start imagining scenarios, and then we start imagining more roadblock scenarios mm -hmm. than actual solution scenarios. Whereas if we just get in with the situation and face it as we take it mm. and just get on with it, you know? That's it. Instead of thinking of the roadblock, just go to the roadblock and then think of how to get around get the roadblock. I mean, preparation is great, right? But if you prepare for every eventuality, you'll never leave your house. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You'll never leave your house. So it's, it's tricky. And it's, I can understand <coughs> why the Matrix would give you that perspective. You know, this whole idea of... Uh, truly living, you know, and getting outside of the system. Yeah. But it, it really appeals to certain people there, you know, the people there that try and believe in themselves. Mm. You know, the simple fact is, uh, what they said to Neil, no, you're not the one. 
But he started to believe he was the one, and then he was the one. He'd done what he could do. Have you heard about the conspiracy theory about this? No. Tell me. There is I a like cons- There is a... Well, not a conspiracy theory. There's a really good YouTube video. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called... I think is it just... But it's just a movie theory. And it's the idea... That you know, in the first movie, when he goes to meet the Oracle, mm-hmm. and she goes, he goes, uh, you know, I'm here to you. You want me to? You're <laughs> here. To, you're here so I can tell you you're the one, Neil. I'm sorry, Neil, <coughs> but you're not the one. And there's people out there who who believe she's not lying, and that actually the one is actually Agent Smith. Think about it, and it, it, in a twisted way, it kind of makes sense. Who's the person who actually ends up forcing the hand of the alliance between the machines and the humans at the end of the film? It's not Neo. It's Smith. Smith is able to switch between worlds, right? Mm-hmm. He can take... I can't remember the name of the character he takes over in either the second... This is going into the second and third film, Yeah, it, it is, yeah. Yeah, you see, I haven't, I, it's been years since yeah. I've seen that. So, um, movie theory... Um, Matrix. I'll find the name of this video and then oh, I'll send you a link on it. Yeah, Neo isn't the one. It's by a YouTube, up, uploaded by the film theorists. And uh, it's about 15 minutes long. I'll send you a link to it now on Facebook. It's, um, it, I, I found it really fascinating. Um, and it, it makes a, it makes a really good, uh, makes a really good point. Who was your favorite character in the Matrix film? I like Morpheus. I like Morpheus too. Just because, Neo, you, you can picture, you know, in your own little world, you 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 know, you you respect more to the people you look up to. Yeah. And he's someone that gives you advice. Yeah. Whereas Neo is just a hero. Yeah. You know, but you, you know, you can really take what he's saying and think, ooh, that's really interesting what he said. I think, um, what's it, Lawrence Fishburne, isn't it? Mm, pass. Yeah, I think it's. I've checked. I don't want to sound like a noob. That's the problem when you're doing a podcast. Is you're always worried like you're going to sound like you don't know what you're talking about. But uh, I think it's Lawrence Fishburne. Uh, Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah. But uh, myself and Ryan once had a friend of mine once had this idea that wouldn't it be great if instead of him being played by Lawrence Fishburne, he was played by Samuel L. Jackson? Yeah. <laughs> I've had it up to here with these mother agent Smiths in this alternate reality. <laughs> you can say fuck on, it's okay. I can't. What do you mean you can't? I can't. I just can't bring myself to saying that. I'm too, too good Say at it with me. Fuck. <laughs> Fudge sticks. <laughs> Yes, that that's the way it works. Yeah. Fudge sticks. Fudge oh, my, oh my gosh, darn. Yeah. Oh darn. Darn and tarnating. But uh Matrix yeah. is a brilliant film. It's, no, it's, it's, it's 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 brilliant. So yeah, I've sent you that link on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Film theory uh, by the film theorist. What's the name of the documentary on The Simpsons? The down the, the, the downfall oh, of the behind Simpsons? the laughter. Behind the laughter. Behind the laughter. Anybody that's listening to this, you have to watch that on YouTube. It's really good. <laughs> I love the ending of that. You know, uh, and now uh, next week on Behind <coughs> the Laughter. Spoiler alert. Huckleberry Hound. I was so gay. <laughs> 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 you know, this is the very last scene. But I couldn't tell anyone. <laughs> was that when the credits were rolling? Yeah. I actually didn't see that because <laughs> oh. it was yeah, I stopped. Okay. I stopped when the credits yeah, were rolling. Yeah, Hound. It's um, yeah, it's uh, 
<laughs> yeah, it's it's a good episode that, especially with uh, Homer. How how was I able to try and sneak in all the necessary growth hormone drops or whatever it is to stop Lisa from growing? How would I get all of them to s- into her breakfast without her knowing? <laughs> uh, yeah, good episode. We got back to the Simpsons. Somehow. Good, not, not great. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, oh. George, George yeah, Bush. The memos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, Good memos. memos. No, Not great. great. <laughs> <laughs> it's just little subtle things like that. Yeah. You know, it's it shouldn't be funny, but it is. Yeah. George Bush <coughs> is... Um, do you know why they painted, as far as I know, and again, I might be wrong about this, but as far as I know, why they made Barbara, like, the nicest character in that episode, was uh, back in the early days of the um, Simpsons. You remember... Well, we won't remember it, but it's well known that George Bush said um, said that uh, he wanted to make American families less like the Waltons mm-hmm. and more... Sorry, less like the Simpsons and more like the Waltons. More like the Waltons and less, less like, like the, the Simpsons. Simpsons. Yeah. 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 Come on, Bush. And uh, I think had Barbara Bush had spoken out as well against... You know, had spoken in support of her husband. Marge Simpson wrote her a letter. What do you mean, Marge Simpson? Marge uh, Simpson's a character, yeah, Owen. Yeah, but the Simpsons, the people behind the Simpsons, Matt Greening and whoever, had written a letter mm-hmm. to Barbara Bush as Marge Simpson mm-hmm. from the point of view of the character of Marge Simpson, mm-hmm. explaining that there was nothing bad about her family. In fact, her family was a good family mm-hmm. and gave X, Y, and Z, and Barbara Bush publicly apologized. And so for that, they put Barbara Bush in that episode and painted her as a real lady. Really? Yeah. Because That's really interesting. But they didn't do it with George Bush. No, Here's a little trick we learned in Nam. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever it is. Or is it, no, here's a little trick that they taught me in the CIA. Is that it? Uh, it was something like that. Yours is better. I like yeah. yours. Uh, but um, this is great. I love having the laptop here because we can just check everything. Yeah, it makes us feel like we know stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When it's really Google. Google knows everything. Yeah. Yeah, here it is. Here's the quote. Here's a little trick. I have a feeling it's the CIA now I've said it. Here's a little trick they taught me in the C in the in the CIA. Here's a little something we learn in the CIA. Oh <laughs> Yeah. Nah, it would have been better. But uh, this was a reference, according to the Simpsons Wikia, this was a reference to how Bush acted as the director of the CIA under Jerry Ford in nineteen seventy six and nineteen seventy seven. Yeah. He's no Trump. Yeah. We go there? Oh, yeah. Let's talk about Trump. Trump. We haven't talked about anything controversial in this podcast yet. Where do I... Well, I'll ask you... What about the stakes? What about the... You know, let's talk about the stakes. (laughs) Oh. Yeah. These stakes. I know stakes. These stakes won't last on the market six months. (laughs) I mean, you, you could do better than that. No, I want to find. I want to see uh, Trump. I want to see if I can find Trump steaks. Uh, Trump steaks. Trump steaks are the best steaks. Here we go. Let's see. Hopefully, I have the audio on the desk. Isn't going to stop me from playing this. No, the desk is going to stop me from playing this. I'm sure people have seen that. Yeah. So. It's Donald Trump talking about Trump steaks. I love it because in the background, he's got a little placard right over his right shoulder that says Trump steaks. And a picture behind it of Trump Tower. 
So he knows about steaks. I really know about steaks. I'm doing a really bad impression right now. Yeah, oh usually you do a really good one. Yeah, it's the pressure. The pressure the of pressure. knowing that he could roll in the door and uh, fire you. No, I don't think Donald is going to worry too much <laughs> about me. Come on, Donald. Yeah. We'll invite you onto this podcast. Yeah. This podcast is the best podcast ever. I know podcasts. <laughs> and I think this podcast is really great. Oh, my God. Totally. Amazing. We're going to make America great. We're going to make this podcast great again. <laughs> um, <laughs> actually, he would be a good guest. I mean. I'd love to have him on. Yeah. The thing is. Just take the piss I, out of him. I really, really and truly, I don't believe. I think, I, I think there's a middle ground with Donald Trump that really nobody hits. I think there's people out there who think he's great. And I think there's people out there who think he's awful. Mm. I'm kind of in the middle with Donald Trump. I thought he was terrible. Then he ran against Hillary Clinton, and I realized, ah, oh, there's worse out there. You know? Um, I'm not one of these people who goes around going, crooked Hillary Clinton, oh my God. You know? Um, Donald Trump has done some pretty outrageous things. Maybe not potentially things that, you know, she should have, you know, whole government emails disappearing and things of this nature. Yeah. Um, well, but she's so <laughs> unlikable, and I think, you know... Um, I don't think he ever thought he'd win. I don't think he really wanted to win. And now he's there. I mean, I, yeah. I can't really speak for America. I'm not going to speak about their present. Oh, look at us over here in, in Europe, how great we are that we can sit and comment on America and how they do things wrong. And we tell them how they should do their gun laws. And we tell them how they should let them figure it out for themselves. Why do we have to sit here and constantly comment on them? Get on with your lives. like. Yeah. Like, I mean... It, it, School shootings are a tragedy, absolutely. So that's an excuse for politics or politicians or maybe not so much political commentators, let's say, mm -hmm. in media in Britain to comment on their gun laws. Their gun laws. Their gun laws that their people have that their Second Amendment promotes. Mm -hmm. Not your gun laws that don't affect you in Britain. Leave them to it. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not my place. And... I, while I understand that for me, I wouldn't do it that way. I would have a full gun ban. That's me. That's my attitude. I don't believe in this idea of restricting assault weapons. Look at the statistics. They account for a minority of percentage of the deaths of gun, gun deaths in America. Absolute minority. Mm. But people like Piers Morgan think they can go on and, and make those claims. Who are you, Piers Morgan? Who are you? Like, You're a man who was involved with a, with, with a, a scandal to do with phone hacking and, and, and following celebrities Ooh, this in, is getting in, good. In, in, in inappropriate ways. And then you get on people to debate with you about maybe banning semi-automatics and automatic weapons. I think, is it not more he wants to review the laws, the restriction on all weapons? You know, uh, From his interview <coughs> I saw him with Ben Shapiro, no. That's not what I thought he was saying. Um, and again, it was one of those things where I kind of found myself siding with Shapiro on this, where, where Shapiro said, look, legalize guns or have a full-out, an all-out ban. That I can understand. But this kind of idea of this, this is not really anything. Mm. You know? And I, I do, I, I personally believe I would go for a full gun ban. Because living in Ireland where we have, you know, I, I, it's, you know, right, there are gang violences, you know, things to do with the hutches and all that kind of thing. But, yeah. But in general, there's not much street crime involving guns in where either you or I live. Yeah. And, um, and this, you know, and so, I, 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 I don't think it's going to solve it. 
Which, getting rid of all yeah. the guns. The problem is, right, look at it. You think of Ireland. Yeah. With a strict gun law. Yeah. Uh, it's very simple there. If it's not guns, it's something else. What's Ireland known for all around the world? Drinking. Well, okay, what's the second <laughs> thing Ireland's known for? Bad driving. <laughs> Bombs. No, Bombs, yeah, it's Bombs. true. Yeah, it's true. I mean... Everybody... Uh, a lot of people relate to Ireland as oh the country that bombed each other. Yeah, yeah. And we don't have, we don't have bombs. Uh, it was interesting. We don't have guns. We don't have bombs. You're, you're absolutely right. I remember and going to America. <coughs> Sorry to cut across you, but I remember going to America in 2001. No, 2000 for the first time when I was in fifth class at school. It was either late '99 or early 2000. And um, the people who I stayed with, and the first thing they asked us was like, "Whoa, I mean, we hear a lot about the troubles. You know, are are there still bombs? Are there still car bombs?" Uh, and actually, to be fair, I mean, what year was what year was Oma? You know, ninety eight. Ninety eight. So I thought this is mad. People think we're bombing, and then you think back and you go, "Wait, that was only two years ago." Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I, I guess it. I guess it. I guess your point is entirely valid. I mean, we no bombs are not legal here, but for a large time in this country's history, from sixties, seventies onwards, I mean, yeah, it and skilling as well, you know, and and. Yeah, yeah, you know, and you know, uh, people will always relate to uh, Australia. Australia's yeah. got a full ban, ban law and whatnot, but that's under different circumstances. Correct. Australia is a huge country, a huge island that has always been from day one strict about what comes in and what comes out. And, yeah. So you can restrict what comes in and out very easily, I, whereas America, you can't. I a hundred percent agree. And the other thing I would say. The other thing that I would say is, let's look at the statistics of gun violence in Australia before and after. I don't know what it is. I, I, I honestly don't know what it is. Um, but we should look at that, and we should see, because I know that Australia's laws came in after a, a, sh a mass shooting, right? Mm -hmm. So they went and banned all guns. But it would be interesting seeing before that single event what it was like, and after that single event what it was like. Yeah. I, just as a comparison, as I say, I'm not speaking one way or the other. I... We have to look at these statistics. Um, as I say, you know, I was looking at the uh, Louder with Crowder thing last week, yeah. and he was talking about how the U.S. were not in the top 25 of gun shootings. Yeah. Yeah, when you compare their shootings per population yeah. and the numbers of per people dying per population. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and that doesn't include, by the way, that's only for mass shootings of guns. So for, for shootings, you know, what we call like a mass shooting or whatever, I don't know if that includes the amount of people who are dying on the streets of New York, Chicago, or any other U.S. city every day. <coughs> Again, I don't know that. Yeah. But I find it highly unlikely that 327 people died in a six-year period in the U.S. from guns alone. I can believe 327 people died of mass shootings in those years. But just 327 people? In fact, I would be interested to see, you know, there are parts of, of American cities low-income black families where people are not fully accounted for, who are dying, and you, you don't know your exact numbers. Yeah, but you'll never know the exact numbers. No, exactly. Numbers. You can only take statistics on, on what they are. Yeah. And, but another problem is the likes of very smart people like Shapiro or Crowder. Yeah. They know how to nitpick yes. to suit their argument. Now, that in itself, that's it's not right. No, it's not right. It's a it, skill. It's a skill, yeah. but it's not right because you're you're making people believe what you want them to believe based on what you're saying. Yeah. You know what I mean there? Like, if you start, 
like that crowd about he was talking about that gun law. Like you still tell people that you're changing their perspective. Correct. But you're changing it wrong. And as I said, I did 10 minutes, 15 minutes of Google, found the sources that he got yeah. and put them in context and went, no. So like, for example, uh, what was it? Amer uh, America in six years of Obama's, what is it from? 2009, 2015, 327 deaths due to mass shootings and guns, mm -hmm. right? And then they quoted France, which was 343. Mm -hmm. And over 300 of those were in the Paris shooting. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's like, it is. And, but, you know, statistics can be manipulated for whatever. A statistic refers to a sample, right? Yeah. So you can take any sample in what way and present it in such a manner. And it's how we all look at that sample and go, do we agree that this is a fair yeah. representation or not? Yeah. We take it at face value. We take it at face value. That, that, that is the problem. Um, would you be able to just flick in that to the other one? Yeah, that's it. <clears throat> okay. So um, it, 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 it is about that. The thing about someone like Ben Shapiro, who is a guy who in recent years I've kind of, um, I don't want to say admire, but I, I, I like his reasoning and rationale in his yeah. argument. Yeah. He structures an argument really well. And yeah, he's been involved with certain things like Breitbart and that sort of thing, right? What? Breitbart. So. Breitbart. Uh, I'll send you some details. Um, it's one of those websites in America that's kind of been closely associate, associated, excuse me, with the alt-right. Right. So this idea of, you know, like... Uh, Milo was right, on Breitbart yeah. as well. So, yeah. But again, uh, what's his name? Well, the guy who's running it currently, like I know Shapiro says that the, the, the website that Andrew Breitbart founded and the Breitbart of today are totally different things. And that's why Shapiro is no longer involved. But Shapiro originally, as far as I remember, is a law graduate, right? Uh, while a student at UCLA, columnist, he written two books. Let's see. Um, I think as far as I remember, he is a, uh, is a qualified political commentator on his show. Yeah, he's a lawyer. He's a qualified lawyer. So the guy is detailed in first of all, scrutinizing uh, legal documents and works and is incredibly uh, skilled in the use of the vernacular mm. and English. So he, he knows how to twist a good argument, but he also knows how to word a good argument, yeah. and then he also knows how to back it up with good facts yeah. that suit his argument. Yeah. And to me, uh, again, good debate and good, good, good discourse should be about that. Yeah. You should have your facts in, in order. And You've probably seen the change my mind thing with Stephen Crowder, right? Yeah. Louder with Crowder. Yeah. And again, there are certain views I do not share with Stephen Crowder. Certain things I do share views with Stephen Crowder on. But I like the fact that he sits down and goes, change my mind. Yeah. Well, I, 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 did you see his abortion one? No, I didn't see the it, abortion it's one. It's almost, yeah. I mean, it's made me rethink my position on it. Yeah. Especially in well, the. Well, that, that's, that's good. And that is good. I'm not saying it's changed my mind, but it's, it's made me reassess my position yeah. on, on abortion. You, and. You, you, you need to be open to, to everything. You need to be open. If you believe in something, you have to be open to somebody criticizing mm -hmm. it so you hold your integrity to it. Yeah. You don't hold your integrity and say, no, you're wrong. Yeah. Then that's not debate. That's not an argument. That's you not facing to what you believe in. Yeah. You're, you just want to run away from that. Yeah. And that, that's the biggest problem with a lot of people there. They're, 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 they have huge passion for what they believe in but passion isn't going to change the world. No. When you watch him and the way he he, he takes on himself and that there, I like that. You yeah. know, like he talked to the he talked to he was talking to certain people and both came away 
respecting one another yeah, through yeah. debate yeah. and logical thinking. We don't agree, but we we, can, we don't agree, but, but, but we I like respect your, each other's I, point of view. I liked your perspective and what, and you've taught me a few things. Yeah, yeah. And hopefully that the statistics you were saying were true and correct because that's the best way to uh, to change somebody's opinion. Yeah. Because if that person walks away, like you say, looks it up, uh, fact checks, and is like, man's a fucking asshole there. He yeah. he he manipulated that side, and 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 uh, that's not cool. Again, coming back to what we were saying about using facts and 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 manipulating facts. I mean, at the end of the day. Um, if you believe that fact and you believe that's a legitimate verification or validation, I should say, for something in your argument, then why shouldn't you use it? Yeah. And as I say, I would take the fact and run it a different way and go, well, this way, please, you know. Yeah. And 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 that's the beautiful thing about debate. And the thing I I think that's important is, and I see this all the time. You'll see it when people sit down and at university campuses in America. Oh, my Lord, they do this all the time. Yeah. They don't debate the issue. They debate the personality. Yeah. And so instead of going, right, what are we marching for? And we're doing a peaceful march for, or, you know, such and such is coming. Like, say, a Jordan Peterson is coming to whatever university. So a load of people stand outside and tell him to F off and, and tell him that he's, he's, he's part of the alt-right and that he's horrible. And... Um, yeah, wow, how about you have a conversation with him? Yeah, I mean, the fact is, he's come there to have a conversation with you, but you are coming in, and you're just arming him with the information he he needs to yeah. say, I'm correct. Yeah. I am correct with my perspective on you. Yeah. You're you're giving me you're giving me everything I need to reinforce my arguments. Yeah, you're yeah. not giving me anything to change my opinion. I, I, I think it's so strange because I would generally, and again, people who might be listening to this might think this guy's not. I have always considered myself slightly more liberal leaning, socialist uh, in my political views and s accepting of everybody. Mm. I like judging people as people, yeah. and I love judging the individual. <coughs> so when I was younger especially when you're going to a boarding school or something like that, you have ideas about sexuality and trans people and how this is, Jesus, I don't get that, so it must be wrong. Mm. And you, you meet these people and you discover, Jesus Christ, they're the same. They yeah. just have different preferences. Yeah. And so I love the idea of, of, of meeting people and getting to know people, right? Yeah. And, 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 that and, the, and the wider issue. But again, it's like people nowadays, if, if, if you say something clumsy... And you apologize and go educate me. People shout you down. Yeah. And the political right in America used to always be the you must have family values and you must do it this way. And and the left was always the come on, let's give everybody a chance and let's open it up. It's now flipped. Yeah. It's now completely flipped. The liberals in America, for example, say you can't say this about a trans person. Well, you know, okay, fine, educate me on that. You're a disgrace. I'm not yeah, talking to yeah, you. Yeah, that, that's... That's not going to help me. Yeah. I want to get smarter. I want to be educated. I don't want to go around insulting people, of course. What, what do you think I am? Yeah. You know? And I'm sure you've lived in America. You're probably f feeling the same, that you're not there to... You get, you're there to do a job. Do your job the best that you can do. Look after you, yourself, your spouse, your wife, your family, your kids, or whatever it is. And for the wider community to benefit as a whole. I see that as a beneficial way of living. Yeah. If you don't want to be part of that society, go be a hermit. Nothing wrong with that. That you know, you can contribute in your own way. But this idea that you know, you say something and then people are like, I just don't get that. Yeah, well, I like love it, having yeah. conversation and I love being enlightened. Like this to me, you know, 
I'd love somebody to say, well, you know, you're wrong about this, and we'll we'll talk about that. That's great. Yeah. That's great. I love debate. Debate is great. Yeah, but like shouting and roaring doesn't change anything. You know, like if if uh, no, you're wrong. Mm. Uh, Thanks, you know, Alex Jones. Uh, uh, <laughs> Justin Bieber. <laughs> but it's true. Yeah. You know what That's I mean? Why he Sh- does my head in because he doesn't debate anything. You know, like um, I remember some dude. The way he tr- the way he uh, raises his children is he doesn't shout to them what's what's uh, what you can and cannot do. He educates them, and he. Uh, I'm just gonna check the. Uh, Seven minutes left. Seven minutes left. But you know what? I say we we close it there, but then we keep the audio going on this one for a while. Yeah, I may as well there, because the camera camera's shade high without them lights. It is, but you know what? Like this is a this is good, you know, this is good documentation. Yeah, Yeah, well this one fella, um he was real interesting. I forget who he was. But Let's call him Brad. Let's call him Brad. I think his name was actually Brian there. But the way, <laughs> the, way the way he um, the way he educates his children, he said, you know, it, there's none of this like you cannot drink or do this. You can't do this. You can't do all of this until you're 18. He simply says, you can do whatever you want, but I'm going to tell you the consequence of what of what can yeah. happen if you do that. So he's a very uh, intellectual man. So the likes of say alcohol. He says to his ten-year-old child, "You can go. You can go into that cabinet. You want a brandy? You pour yourself a brandy. You want to drink that brandy? You drink it." But he goes on to say what that brandy yeah. will do to you, do to your—I don't know what he's like chromosomes or something I like got there. I don't know. You oh, know, you mean your your brain cells? Yeah, yeah. It'll change. Uh, I'd laugh if it changed your chromosomes. Uh, you start co- looking different. Your oh, genetic yeah. genes and <laughs> everything. Yeah. Yeah. Let's give the brandy to the children. Yeah, yeah. No, like he, he was saying there, what it can do is uh, it can. You know, it can, I don't know what, say a stunt or growth. It can do this, it could do that. You know, he tells you the consequence of something. You want to smoke weed, go and smoke weed, but you're going to have to realize what's going to happen. You eat bread, uh, you can eat bread there, but you have to realize that's gluten, that, you know, it'll do Could this affect job. you this way, could yeah. affect you that way. Yeah, I agree with this, yeah. And he'll say, the choice is yours. And it's up to you what to do. Where, when he was younger... His parents gave him a strict upbringing, and as soon as he was 18, he went totally bananas. Yep. He sniffed, he took pills, he'd done everything that was totally against uh, his parents, because as soon as uh, because he was clenched real tight, and as soon as he had his own control over it, he was like, what else am I missing out on? Yeah. And he didn't know. He didn't yeah. know any better. Yeah. Uh, do you know, I, I, I agree 100%. I was thinking about this recently, right? That... <coughs> that if you tell a kid, right, not to put the hand in the fire, and you say, don't put your hand in that, what's he going to do? Straight away. Put his hand in the put fire. Hand in <coughs> and he gets burned, and he learns from that, right? Don't do that. That's stupid. Or he catches fire or whatever, right? But if you say to a kid, you shouldn't put your hand in that because you're going to get burned, and it's going to hurt, and you could end up getting harmed, you want to take that chance? Hey. You know, the kid is going to less likely to put their hand in something than if you say, don't do that. And you don't give them a reason. Yeah. Here's the thing, right? I remember uh, certain situations where, where as a kid where, you know, you'd be doing something. And I was always, you'll testify for this. I was a, what you would call a good kid in school, right? Oh, you were the best kid. I wouldn't say the best, but you know, I I try. But uh, if somebody said to me, are you going to do that? Don't do that. 
Are you going to do that? You don't do that. It was the only time I would go and do it. Mm. Because I would never have done it anyway. Mm. And you're almost saying to me, giving out to me for doing something. <laughs> it's like what my old geography teacher used to say. Well, you're, you're getting punished for the crime, so you may as well do it. Yeah. There's so much truth in that. Yeah. So, you know, you can predict things and preempt things, but never make it seem like you're judging someone. So, you know, you shouldn't do this, guys, because not, don't go and do that. You're not going to do that. I know you're going to do that. Don't yeah. do that. Because then what's he going to go do? Yeah. That. Yeah. So I think you're right. I think you're absolutely right. I think that's a great way, actually, your friend is saying I, yeah. about doing it. And I think it certainly works better. I mean, as long as you do it in a way that you're not being your friend with your kid and you're saying, this is it. I'm older, I'm wiser. These are the facts. You want to take that risk and ignore me? Fair enough. But you're missing out on whatever. You make that choice. Yeah. They're not going to do it. Yeah. I don't think. Obviously, look, you're well, always going to get that even, 5% who will. But Even if they do, they're going to learn at a way better rate. They're going to yeah. learn a lot faster because... They know, oh, he gave me the choice. I went and done it. Yeah. Now I'm going to think about why I done that. Not, uh, you know, I, I disobeyed my parents. Yeah. You know, you're not going to think, you know, it's like disobeying your parents and doing it because you thought it was better to do it. That's two different things. You're yeah. going to, you know, but I, I think that is the better way. Yeah. You know, educate them on everything as, as, that you can. Yeah. You know, educate them there, you know. Can I, yeah. Can I say something as an educator? And this is honestly true. People tell me that I'm very manly and I'm, and, and I'm a nice person. That's not from my education. That's from my parents. Yeah. And I can't thank my parents enough. I saw a great quote, and I'm going to put it up here, from George Carlin about parenting. And I want to see an education. And I want you to see if you agree with this as a kind of... Um, agree as a mantra on how maybe we should look at uh, raising our kids. This is, uh, I think this is brilliant. George, did you ever look up George Carlin, the comedian? No. Rufus from Back to the Future. They get better. Yeah. Right? yeah. He was a comedian and quite an outspoken one. But uh, he said, um, there's a great quote if I can find it here now. Where is it? Uh, <coughs> uh, where is it? God, I can't scroll through this without... Uh, I can't, no, I can't find it here, but I can't scroll through this website without it stopping. Uh, oh, There's a great one here. Don't just teach your children to read. Teach them to question what they read. Teach them to question everything. Oh, where is it? Oh, I really want to find this quote because I saw it on Facebook. And uh, it was, it's really annoying on parenting. It's really annoying when you you know something. We're probably going to get a, hit, a lot of hate mail from mothers. Which? You don't have any children. You don't know what it's like. <coughs> no, no, I mean, it's. Uh, We're really getting bogged down on this. Yeah, but I really want to find this quote. Well, let's move on. Yeah, that's a great quote. It's, uh, oh, if I find it, I'll send it on to you. So, but it, it, the, the, the general idea is that, like, society worries about how our kids are turning out, but, like, it's parenting. Oh, well, I wasted our last few minutes by being totally unproductive looking for something. 
I think we should stop. Do you think? Yeah, and then uh, go to the pilot. Okay, come back. Yeah, and uh, just do an audio podcast.